Hello and welcome to Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Amy and I'm Hannah and thanks for joining us for our latest fortnightly episode. We are joined in this episode by Rachel Crawler and Carl McKeating who have written a range of guidebooks for Cicerone. Their guidebooks range from cycle touring the Way of the Roses and scrambles in Snowdonia to walking in the Auvergne and family-friendly outdoor adventures with children in the Lake District. They are also keen climbers and have reached the summit of every country in Europe. Rachel was, in fact, the first woman to achieve this. They shared this knowledge in their Cicerone guidebook, Europe's High Points. Today we're going to talk to Rachel and Carl about their latest UK cycle touring guidebook, Hadrian Cycleway, which published in August 2020. Hadrian Cycleway is an 174-mile route, which is usually completed in three days. It starts in Ravenglass in South Cumbria and winds its way up the Cumbrian coast to Sillith. From Sillith, the route turns inland and follows Hadrian's Wall cross-country to Holtwhistle and finishes at South Shields near Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It's a route full of history and visits many Roman forts, including Vindolanda, Bud Oswald and Housesteads, as well as classic Hadrian Wall sites such as Sycamore Gap. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Carl and Rachel because I had the delight of editing this book with them. And Hannah, I know that you're also very keen because you cycled the Way of the Roses and perhaps you're interested in doing this one as well. Yeah, actually, when we finished the Way of the Roses... (laughs) I already knew that we were looking forward to the Hadrian Cycleway. And my friend that I cycled the Way of the Roses with is from Northumberland. So, we, yeah, we're really keen to do Hadrian Cycleway. And in fact, I think the last time I saw Rachel was at the end of the first day of our bike ride, where I was absolutely knackered and half asleep and poor Rachel had come out to visit us and I could barely string a sentence together after cycling like the longest I'd ever cycled in one day. But it was such a good trip. I absolutely loved it. It was my first cycle tour and I just had the best time. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing about Hadrian's Cycleway and how it's different to the Way of the Roses. Yeah, so I think now's a good time to welcome Carl and Rachel. And, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us and for sharing Hadrian's Cycleway with us. Hello. Hi, Amy. Hi, Hannah. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I do remember that experience um, going out to meet Hannah because the Way of the Roses is actually a route that um, is quite close to where we live in Yorkshire. I think that you'll find that the Hadrian Cycleway is slightly easier than the Way of the Roses route. So you might have a nice surprise there. But the benefit is that you can relax and enjoy it and take in some of the historic sites on route as well. You, you did mention in The Way of the Roses, you mentioned undulations all the way through the book, which to my mind meant small little gentle hills. But to you, they could be anything to a crazy steep hill that went on forever. How many undulations are in Hadrian Cycleway? Undulations is one of our favourite yeah. words when we're writing a guidebook. <laughs> it's not like hilly. A Way of the Roses has got but Hadrian's the hills are much easier it's not it's it, you clock up your ascent more gradually I don't think there's there's what one fairly hard steep climb yeah I think it's all right it's a lot the, easier the cumulative ascent is nowhere near as much as the the way of the roses all the other sea to sea or the Reavers route or the Walney to Weir Sustrans route so it is 
comparatively a little bit more mellow. And as I say, it sort of allows you a little bit of time to to visit some of the, the sites and to take in the scenery rather than, than being a hard cycle tour to start with. So do you think this would be a good first cycle tour for people to do if they've never been cycle touring before? Yeah, that said... Thank you. It is still quite hilly. It crosses the Pennines. So if you're gonna if you're going across the Pennines, you're going to incur some hillage. But uh, yeah, if you want wild, amazing scenery that's not crazily hard to get your bike over, then this is definitely a good shout. Much easier than like Rachel said, the other Sustrans coast to coast northern routes like the C to C Reavers or, like you said, the Way of the Roses. You've got a much easier, much less hilly, flat-ish first day on it, the Cumbrian coast. That first day, you clock up a surprising amount of ascent, but you finish the day not really sure where you've accumulated it. So it's really, any climbs are really stretched out. So, it's yeah, it's really gentle opening day. And the final section into time sides also fairly flat i think you once you've overcome the pennines you know that you've got a flat ish run in to the coast so even if you've kind of got a little bit burnt out on the hills you know that you're going to get there which is quite nice so day one starts in Ravenglass in south cumbria and travels up the cumbrian coast visiting places like egremont whitehaven workington and eventually sillith and it surprised me a little bit working on the book that that section was included because it's not like initially because it's not an area you necessarily associate with Hadrian's Wall. So I guess what's the Roman history of the area and why is it part of Hadrian's Cycleway? Yeah, that's a good point. But it is actually part of a World Heritage Site, that the Cumbrian Coast, that is called the Frontiers of the Roman Empire World Heritage Site. So it includes the northern frontier, which would be Hadrian's Wall, and the western frontier of the Britain, which would be the Cumbrian Coastal Defences, which are a chain of forts that went up this section of Cumbrian Coast. So there, it, the ride actually begins at Glanaventa, Fort, a Roman bathhouse in Ravenglass and the ruins of that. And then there's also a Raven fort at um, Maryport that you can see. Maryport was called Arlorna. And there's a mile castle that's fairly um, intact on a, a little ridge above the cycleway there. And there's also a Roman museum and the remains of um, a coastal fort there. I don't know, a way of looking at it though is that just seeing it as almost in a, the Romans kind of extended the wall in a sense so we think of the wall and it does finish at Bowness on Solway but it is like an extension going down the Cumbrian coast so it's there is a lot there's a logic to why that section has been added and it's really nice cycling actually it's great that they've added it and all those coast, Cumbrian coastal defences were sort of garrisoned by Hadrian at the same time as the, the Hadrian's Wall. So there was a lot of Roman activity in the area at that time as well. So there is some logic to it. But having said that, we make note of in the book that it is possible to just do the actual Hadrian's Wall section of the cycle ride as a two-day ride. It works quite well going along what would be the course of the wall from Bowness and Solway to Arbea Roman Fort in South Shields. And that works quite well if you're a bit pushed, more pushed for time while missing a really good first day. 
pay of the ride. But if you wanted to to keep it as a coast to coast ride and have the Roman history theme, it works quite well as a weekend cycle tour. I think we should say something about the, the Cumbrian coast sort of surprised us, I think, or has surprised us over the, maybe the last decade or so of, of going there. That maybe our, the first time we ever headed up to the Cumbrian coast, we did Wainwright's Coast to Coast Walk in 1997. And we remember passing through a couple of places that just looked a bit run down and, and thought, oh, well, it's not the nicest area and it's, let's move on and get inland. And actually, it's the Cumbrian coast is full of some really lovely beaches, some lovely areas. And also on the first day, you do get great views of the Lake District and the, the fells without actually having to um, go cycling up the fells. <laughs> the ride does, however, pass Sellafield. I found that really interesting it's really weird because you have the plant to your right and you're on a spit of land between the the plant and what looks to be an absolutely beautiful beach and you're raised up between the two and it's actually so you look left and you've got these beautiful views out to sea an amazing kind of coastline and then right you've got this kind of imposing nuclear facility I found it really fascinating. And then I think I went past that bit first and then you went on another outing, Rach, and, and had a slightly more eventful time of it at Sellafield, I think. Yeah, I've been hearing about Sellafield, like growing up in the 1980s, and it's sort of always fascinated me with the kind of nuclear reprocessing plant that's sort of right by the Lake District and um, right by what are some really nice uh, stretches of coastline. The ride actually takes sort of a, a, a traffic-free path and then uh, a really minor road right past the fence, of the outer fence of the, the Sellafield plant. And it's fascinating to see the plants and the cooling towers and everything. And I had an interesting experience when I was researching the book with a friend and we'd sort of stopped to have a look at Sellafield and take some pictures potentially for the book. And um, we thought nothing more of it. There were no signs up saying photography is forbidden or anything like that. And we cycled on a few miles. We were pulled over by the police and they wanted to look at my camera and find out what I'd been doing in the area. And they took our details and I talked to them about it. And they said, there's nothing to stop you taking photographs, but we record anyone who does and we will put their names on a database, presumably an MOD database. And if you are caught taking photographs in any other potentially sensitive areas, there could be trouble. I mean, I explained what I was doing. I said, will there be any problem with these photos of Sellafield in the background? Uh, for some cycling shots are published in the uh, Assist Around guidebook. And the police were very happy for that to happen. There's no um, law against it. They just like to keep tabs on you. So uh, potentially be warned about that if you don't want to be on um, some kind of uh, <laughs> database. <laughs> got some history of it. The Way of the Roses, one of Rachel's day rides she designed, circumnavigates Harrogate and goes past Menwith Hill, which is a US, it's our main US listening station for the early warning nuclear defence system for Britain. So, uh, but the rest of the Cumbrian coast is a lot more kind of what you'd say kind of traditional sort of scenic riding, isn't it? Because there's um, not a, 
a lot of population on the stretch above Workington, there, there's actually quite a lot of seafront riding that feels quite like you, you ride by the seaside on, you know, a traffic-free path. It can be quite sort of windswept. And depending what the tide um, is doing, you can be sort of looking out on the red rocks of beaches or sand dunes. And then um, you can be looking out over the Solway Firth. You can see Scotland on a on most days, oh, really. Yeah, time, yeah. It's, so it's a it, it is a really lovely section of riding, and most of that section is um, traffic free as mm. well. I I really appreciated in the way of the roses how much of it was on really quiet roads. It just seemed to be a, a surprisingly peaceful cycle tour. What is it like for Adrian Cycleway for that? It is much the same. I would say, hand on heart, that some of the roads on the middle section, where you get quite a lot of tourists visiting Hadrian's Wall, such as the road up past Bird Oswald, uh, is a little bit more busy than you might expect. If you're in on a weekend and, or a school holiday, you've got to remember that this is it's a really special place and people come and visit what are the historic sites within quite a small distance. So there is a fair bit of traffic about on that section. Having said that, particularly the more wall alternative that we designed really takes advantage of some spectacular parts of Hadrian's Wall but takes some really sort of quite devious minor roads that you don't really get the kind of holiday traffic driving up. I think the more wall alternative is such a brilliant idea because I know my parents have they did Hadrian Cycleway before your book came out and they were doing it on the usual Sustrans route and they said it's great but you don't see the wall like it's so far away and it'd be really nice to be able to actually get onto it. So, yeah, would you recommend that people, because this is an alternative stage in a way, so would you recommend that people choose that route? Yes, very simply, yes. We put it in because having done... It felt the same, Yeah, it felt exactly the same. Having done the ride, you don't... You do see the wall, but you don't see as as much of it as you should. And it's silly, really, that it misses out so much. And some of the kind of greatest parts of the wall that are really easily accessed by a bicycle so yeah there is actually no substitute to parking up your bike for a bit and going for a proper walk along the wall and the the best place to do that is really off of the more wall alternative cycling up and, and going up having a kind of maybe an hour walk to Sycamore Gap and taking in which is the most famous and probably the most beautiful part of Hadrian's Wall do a walk there and back to Sycamore Gap is absolutely really worth it. So, yeah, we definitely recommend the more alternative. Yeah, I think on the um, main Sustrans route, you do pass several of the forts and you get a flavour of the wall from them, but you need to have the time to go and look at them. Actually, cycling beside the wall on the main Sustrans route is you don't do that for that long apart mm-hmm. from the section at Bird Oswald. But on the more wall alternative, you tend to you go up quite high in the area from Walltown Crags near the Roman Army Museum up to near where Steel Rig and Crag Loth are. And those areas tend to lend themselves to views where you can see the classic wall snaking across the wind sill, the little escarpment that it sits on all the way across the Northumbrian 
countryside. So you get the spectacular mm-hmm. views, whether or not you do get off your, your bike. But like Carl says, we really would recommend at least building in some time to do kind of an hour's walk in the area and really seeing the best parts of the wall up close as well. Yeah, and even on that more wall alternative, just it's been a while actually since we worked on the book. And come, thinking back to it, you end up riding a section of it's on Bridal Way on the Vallon, which is like part of the wall's kind of defence structure. It's like a raised earth uh, defence. Yeah, you actually end up riding on the wall at one part. So, yeah, definitely a really fantastic experience. Definitely worth doing. And it doesn't really take much more time. It doesn't add any um, mileage onto the route. It adds a little bit of a scent doing that, but I think the payoff's definitely well worth it. If you're interested in discovering Hadrian Cycleway yourself, please head on over to the Cicerone website where you can get a 25% discount on the guidebook or on Rachel's other guidebook to the Way of the Roses. Type in Cycle Tour 25 at the checkout. Um, what's accommodation like on the route? I, I imagine that there's lots of different options but is it suitable for all types of cycle tourists could you camp this route quite easily or is it staying in b&b's you could very easily camp the route and lots of people do and um on the three-day itinerary it works really well because there's um, a camping option in Silas or in bonus on solway should you choose that and then there are lots of camping options around holt whistle area because of the sort of the, the tourism of Hadrian's Wall, there are, are I think about five campsites mm-hmm. in that area that potentially. So it's really easy. We met cycle tourers who were cutting out the detour down to Holt Whistle to stay up in the area by the wall, but they weren't using the more wall alternative that we've now designed because really they would they sort of hadn't really thought about it. I don't think as a kind of option. And we're using the B road, which is a busy road, which is quite busy. Mm -hmm. So we've navigated a route that that avoids traffic, but gets the best of the wall. Mm -hmm. But yeah, obviously there are lots of B&B options in the area as well. There's no YHA for the first night, but the second night you could have a hostel option. But once brewed, we yeah. would recommend there's a huge brand spanking new YHA up there and the site of the brewery that has given the this sort of hamlet its name as well. So there's, a, there's sort of refreshments are available there. So we found that a really quite an atmospheric place to, to stop for the night as well. I think you could also break it up into a four day and there were good options for accommodation if you did that as well. And you do list plenty of accommodation options in the guidebook with phone numbers and things so people can, yeah, find something that suits. So the final day, whether you've stayed at Holt Whistle or Once Bruised or somewhere else in that area, it then goes through Hexham and Corbridge on the way to Newcastle-upon-Tyne with the official route finishing on the coast at South Shields. Um, Is it a final day? Is it a fitting end? Yeah, I think so. There are also quite a lot of sites on Hadrian's Wall left to visit on the third day as well. Vindolanda is the principal one of those, which is one of the sites that you really shouldn't miss. And uh, one of my favourite thoughts on the wall is Housesteads. It's um, just got a really dramatically beautiful location. Housesteads is one of those um, 
places where it's just a very atmospheric location of the sort of hilltop fort and again a really lovely place to go for just even a half hour walk and maybe stop at the cafe it's just a a lovely place and then Corbridge and Hexham actually surprised me because I didn't know much about those places before we started researching the guidebook and Corbridge has actually got a Roman settlement that you can visit that's right on the route. And what about the final section into Newcastle-upon-Tyne and South Shields? When we started working on the book it was a while since we'd ridden that stretch of quayside through Newcastle and Gateshead and past them the Sage and the Time Bridge and so on. And that's a really nice experience. A lot of cycle tourers might have done that before if they've done particularly the C2C cycle route. But the real unique thing about the Hadrian Cycleway is the fact that you finish with um, the Shields Ferry Crossing across the Tyne. So you get lovely views and it's just a nice way to finish the ride. From where you get off the ferry, it's a couple of minutes cycle ride to our Bayer Roman Fort. And from there, you look out at... um, uh, across the North Sea and then you can go down to what's a, a really nice beach actually at South Shields and it's it feels quite a satisfying end to the day and a little bit different from the sea to sea ride if, if cycle tourists have already done that one. One of the things that struck me is that the Roman ending in South Shields is considerably better than the Fort at Wall's End which is quite disappointing Arbea would have been a much more visually stunning fort when it was when it was functioning, just its position above the sea and, and so forth. So it sounds like there's loads of accommodation, there's lots of options, it's not too hilly, there's loads of interesting stuff to see along the way. How suitable would it be for families? Oh, that's a tough one because there's always going to be families that are prepared to do that. I would say that for me personally, with young children, there's not quite enough of it on traffic free sections for it to be a consideration for our family. I think particularly um, some of the roads around the kind of Holt Whistle area and into Corbridge as well, they'd be a little bit busy. Having said that, there's some superb sections of cycling that we have done with our children, particularly the Cumbrian coast, because it's almost entirely on this traffic-free path network, because it's pretty flat by beaches, it's an absolute surefire winner for the children, particularly around Maryport, Allenby, Silleth, Whitehaven, we've really enjoyed cycling all those sections with our kids who are quite keen but still quite young. The the latter section again into South Shields, again that would be suitable for families as well, but then you would probably have more issues sort of getting there and getting around there and sort of planning a ride and you might not necessarily be having a holiday in that area. What about any plans to do Hadrian Cycleway in a day? It's being done in a day. I, I don't think it's the best day ride. Carl, you did do the 100-mile section from Bowness on Solway right to South Shields in a day mm. where you got the train back. So yeah, it, it, it did that's... it on public with public taking the bike on public transport at the same time. And obviously um, it was an early start and Carl goes... Um, 
quite fast when he gets going. So, but yeah. it, that you would recommend? Yeah, I would. That is a great day challenge. Really satisfying. If you're if you're a strong cyclist and, and you're fairly nippy, it, there's it's something really really brilliant about it. If you're really looking for an endurance challenge, possibly incorporating the more wall alternative, which you could do. But that's got a kind of straight line coast to coast. I took a load of photographs on that day and I, I, I didn't go crazy for speed and took a bit of time here and there to check certain things out for the guidebook. But I really enjoyed arriving in Newcastle, getting to sort of towards time and the ferry crossing in the evening. I must have been sort of six, six, seven o'clock and the light was really nice. Again, on the ferry, there's something extremely satisfying about arriving there. Yeah, I really recommend that. That's a really nice day challenge. But yeah, I'm aware it's de- it's definitely been done in a day by um, other pathological ones <laughs> for punishment. But yeah, that's a better day challenge. So I'm sure that listening, our listeners are going to realise that you're both, you know, seasoned cycle tourers, seasoned cyclists. And you've worked on these various different books for Cicerone. But perhaps if someone's listening and they've never done a cycle tour before, but really like the sound of Hadrian's Cycleway for all the reasons you've spelled out for us, what are your top tips for a first cycle touring trip? I'd say don't overdo it. Plan plan for not pushing yourself to your absolute maximum day after day. And really think about your packing. Just pack light Bear in mind that if you are carrying camping equipment, you will probably be going much slower than if you're not. If you stay in B&Bs or other accommodation where you don't need to take a tent, it will be much easier. And it's probably a good idea for your first tour to do that. Yeah. What would you say, Carl? Yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd go along with that, really. Don't take the kitchen sink. There is no call for packing James Joyce's Ulysses, a massive heavy tome like I decided to take to on the side of France years ago. Forget, remember your camping mats, which I think me and Rachel forgot on our first cycle tour, and that left some very bumpy and cold camps. And that was a six-day tour, actually. Yeah, get, get yourself relatively in shape for it you don't need to be superhuman to do a cycle tour it's it's really easily accessible but you want to have a couple of be comfortable riding Mm. a 40 mile 40 mile or 50 mile Mm. day and ideally if you can give yourself a couple of those sorts of days or a, a couple of outings on a bike back to back so you know that you're all right with your recovery that will help but ultimately you'll get across You'll get there. I think I'd also say that a lot of people tend to log their their cycling on apps like Strava now, and it can be a bit disheartening I'd, uh, on something like a cycle tour. You've got to get away from trying to do a kind of good time. You've got to actually, you're on a tour essentially. You've got to take in the surroundings and the scenery. And the point of doing it is to stop and go in cafes and mill about and take pictures of where you are rather than looking at what your average miles per hour are or uh, what sections you've done you've yeah. done fast. I think it's a, it's quite a sort of freeing mentality, really. Yeah, yeah and it, there's the kind of, you make your own rules on these things. Hadrian's is a, it is a really good ride for a first cycle tour. I mean, we're, I've got a photograph of a lovely old couple we met 
well into their 70s who were doing the Hadrian cycle way as a tour. They were taking their time, but they were still finding it relatively steady going to do as a three-day ride. But I've got a lovely picture of one old couple coming up from the trough after Vindolanda, and they dismounted for this steep bit of road, and there's a horse coming down next to them, and they just pushed up some of the steeper bits. And it, it maybe cost them five minutes of time, but they, they got across, mm. you know, they, they were really happy having a lovely, yeah, lovely time. Yeah, it, it. it just it seemed to be one of the most accessible of the northern sort of Sustrans routes that we've done. And we did meet a couple of people who were doing it on an electric bike, and it does seem to be quite sort of geared up to that, more so than some of the other routes we've done, where I think you might have more longer remote sections and more steeper sections, which um, maybe would drain the batteries. But we did meet some people doing the tour on electric bikes, and it seemed to be a popular choice for that as well. So we're pretty much out of time. So just quickly for both of you, What's one particular thing that you think sums up the the entire Hadrian Cycleway experience? Defining memory, for me, it was doing that 100-mile ride because it was really, really pleasant solo day out and and just a superb finish. But I don't know, something else I really enjoyed on the was befriending these three sisters who had climbed Snowdon cycled from Snowdon to Scarfell Pike, climbed Scarfell Pike that morning, and I met them at Maryport, and they were using the Hadrian Cycleway, or part of the Hadrian Cycleway, as on their route up to Ben Nevis. So they were doing the kind of national mainland three peaks, but using the Hadrian Cycleway as part of their connection. And, and they were taking in some of the Roman stuff on the ride, and yeah, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's not quite a simple one, really. It's Hadrian's Wall and the area was somewhere where I went on holiday with my family when I was about, I think, eight or nine years old. And in researching the guidebook, we've had the opportunity to go camping in the area and visit a lot of the sections of the wall and the forts and do some sort of nice walks and, and bike rides, as well as doing Hadrian's Cycleway itself and doing those things with our young family. So it's, it, it felt quite nice and almost cyclical when I was getting the old family album out at my mum's house and looking at myself in those same places that we'd just taken photographs with our children. So it, it was nice. Writing the guidebooks gives you opportunity to spend some quality time in in different locations and really get to know them and get the most out of the areas and you might not otherwise do that so yeah that's really my main memory of it I think you're right actually Uh, I had (laughs) never visited the wall before um, working on this guidebook Uh, it was always somewhere that I'd wanted to go I think there was a kind of it was quite nice to see this place that you obviously hear and maybe read quite a lot about but to have not ever been there, it was really, yeah, it's great working on the book and seeing the wall. You've definitely reminded me how much I want to do it. It's really making me want to uh, bunk off the afternoon and, and go out on my bike instead. <laughs> well, keep us posted on how you get on if you do do it, Hannah. I will, I will. Thank you so much, Carl and Rachel, for talking to us about Hadrian Cycleway and 
given us those top tips for cycle touring and I hope our listeners have been inspired like Hannah and like myself to set out and discover this route for ourselves that brings us to the end of the latest episode of footnotes the cicerone podcast thank you so much for listening and do let us know what you think by leaving reviews on your podcast platform or by emailing us live at cicerone.co.uk to keep up to date with the podcast you can subscribe on spotify apple podcasts itunes google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or you can go to the cicerone website cicerone.co.uk There are also plenty of articles about cycle touring and other activities and you can check out our full range of titles and sign up to our newsletter there. Uh, We'll be back on Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, you can keep up to date by searching at Cicerone Press on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And you can also join our Facebook community group, Cicerone Connect, to connect with other outdoor enthusiasts. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.